Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 3, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've noticed this. Have you, that each of like the the guys that are on the side of the road, like, and they all have a sign. And I've noticed this. The signs are always like whoever's cutting the cardboard are cutting them perfectly square. And all of the signs all over town are just alike. And all of the handwriting is the same. <laughs> Somebody's making some money out there. They got signs that they give. They collect enough money, go buy a poor sign. And then you just hold it up. Somebody's making some money. My little observation. But so this beggar, man, he is just like begging for money. He's poor. He needs money, alms to the poor. Now keep in mind, this guy is sitting there at the temple gate for years and years and years. And Jesus, it's very, very possible that Jesus, as he was doing his earthly ministry in Jerusalem, that he would have gone into this temple and walked past this poor man begging each time he went into the temple. Many scholars believe that Jesus would have passed this man. It's very likely that Jesus would have passed this man every time it went, he went into the temple. And yet it is interesting that Jesus did not heal the man. You know, the truth is, God does not heal everyone. That's the truth. That's what the Bible teaches. There are people who say that God wants everyone healed. You know, there are plenty of people in the Bible that God did not heal. Now, you know your Bible. In John chapter 5, there's a great number of people at the pool of Bethesda. And, and a lot of people there, and they're, and they're all sick, and many are sick, and, and many are blind, and many are lame, and they're waiting for the moving of the water. And Jesus' story goes on in John chapter 5 to say that Jesus went to one guy who was paralyzed. And Jesus said to him, do you want to be made whole? The man began to argue with Jesus that there was no one to put him in the water. And Jesus said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. But Jesus healed just that man of all the people who were gathered around the pool waiting for the waters to stir. Jesus healed one man, one man. Why? I don't know. (laughs) But what I do know is that God heals those whom he chooses to heal. Amen, saints? And when he chooses to heal them. You see, God's timing, listen very closely, God's timing is just as important as God's will. God's timing, Jesus walked by this man and he didn't heal him. God's timing is just as important as God's will. And so this man is sitting at the gate. He's saying alms to the poor, alms to the poor, kind of mechanically, alms to the needy, alms to the poor, alms to the poor. And Peter said, look at us. Probably because the man was looking all around as he said, alms to the poor, alms to the poor. Peter said, look at us. Peter wants to get this man's full attention. Look at us. 
Almost like you say to your kids, look at me when I'm talking to you. And they go, uh, uh, are you looking at me when I'm talking to you? Yeah, I'm looking at you. Yeah, look at me. Trying to get his attention. And so this man is looking at Peter and John and thinking he's going to get some money. And Peter said, listen, guy, silver and gold have I none, which is what I say to my kids when they ask me for money. <laughs> Dad, can we have some money? Silver and gold have I none. It's in the Bible. They said, listen, I don't have silver and I don't have gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know, I've read you this story before. Let me read it to you again. Thomas Aquinas once called on Pope Innocent IV while he was counting a large sum of money in the coffers of the Vatican. And the Pope said, oh, you see, Thomas, the church can no longer say silver and gold have we none. Well, truly, Holy Father, Thomas said in a calm voice, and neither can she say in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You see, the church had the wealth, but the church, watch this, lost the power. Saints, I'd have to say, today, the church has a lot of wealth, but the church has lost its power. And I find it interesting that Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. Uh, that's probably very practically true. Remember, Peter was doing a fishing ministry, but when Jesus called him, he left the ministry. He left the fishing business. So he had no money, nobody to attend to the business. He really didn't have any silver or gold. And they said, silver and gold, have I none? Now, you mean somebody didn't tell these guys about the prosperity gospel? <laughs> Did nobody tell them that that is a negative confession? What? They didn't know anything about that. They said, silver and gold have I none. Can I say something boldly? Can I say something loudly, if you will? The whole prosperity gospel, and perhaps you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, there's a whole teaching out there in the church about prosperity. And, the, and what it teaches simply is this. It teaches that it is always, listen, always underscore, always God's will for you to be in health and for you to prosper financially. And if you are not prospering financially, or if you are sick, or if the checkbook is low, you can't get any money out the ATM, that this is not God's will. This is a prosperity doctrine, gospel, they call it. Listen, the Bible doesn't teach it. I, let's say to these guys, listen, what, have you never had a cold? Hello, have you never had a cold? Because if you've ever had a cold, then what does that mean? See, they say that if you don't have any money or if you're, if you're low on cash or you're sick ever, that, that you're in sin. And they say there's something wrong with your sin. There's something wrong in your life and you're in sin or there's something wrong with your faith. And this is what they teach. And honestly, that has done more damage to the church than any other gospel that has swept through the church because people get caught up in that. Look, I'm a fleshly man, appeal to my flesh. Of course, I want nice things and I want to be happy and healthy and wealthy. That's a gospel that is from the pit of hell. Ouch. When this gets on the radio, I'm going to be in trouble. Don't call me. Don't send me no emails. I'm not taking any phone calls. Can you hear me? It's not the Lord. 
It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter and John said, silver and gold, have we none? So this prosperity gospel says, listen now, if you're not prospering, if you're not in good health, if you're not, you know, happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise, they tell you, here's what you are to do. Sow a seed for your need. (laughs) My brothers, my sisters, if you sow a seed of $1,000, they always tell you to sow a seed for your need in their ministry. How convenient. Sow a seed for your need in their ministry and you will become rich and prosperous and you will be in good health. Listen, fellas, listen, I say to people who hold to this doctrine, if you really believe this concept is true, then why don't you give me a thousand dollars? Say amen, saints. Look, if you really believe if you sow a seed for your need, well, you obviously have a need for money. So if you believe that is true, then why don't you give me $1,000 so you can become prosperous? I got a good mind to write him a letter. I want to write him a letter, y'all. I'd write him a letter and I'd say, you know, dear brother beggar, since I know that you are raising money for your television ministry and going through some tough financial times, I want to give you the opportunity to get rich. Please forward me a check for $1,000 and watch how God blesses you. I think we need to rise up, my people. We all need to write a letter just like that and see how many thousand dollars you get. Because listen to me and listen to me closely. This gospel, false gospel, of prosperity is an American gospel invented and spread by rich American evangelists and pastors. It is an American gospel. What do you mean, Rodney? Listen, I know you cannot take that same prosperity gospel to places like Africa, to places like India. You can't preach finances and and get rich finances there. They have none. It it doesn't work. Now, listen, we have the Holy Spirit. Amen, saints? We have the word of God. And God doesn't, thank you, Jesus. He doesn't make it so hard for us to live and to know what his will and what his plan is for our lives and what we're to do and what we're not to do, how we're to behave and how we're not to behave. We have the spirit of God as our teacher. We have the word of God, the instruction of God. He doesn't make it that difficult. Now, listen, any gospel that does not reach out to the entire world. Any teaching that cannot be preached in every land, in every country, in every city, to every nationality and ethnicity for all time and eternity, to rich folks, to poor folks, to black folks, to white folks, to healthy folks, to sick folks. Listen, if you hear something that cannot reach out to every single person, it's a false teaching. Y'all say amen. Amen. You you understand? It's not that difficult. Don't make it harder than it is. It's real simple. And this gospel of prosperity, you can't preach that in India. You can't preach that in Africa. You can't preach that in many places. Therefore, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Because the gospel of Jesus Christ reaches all men everywhere, for all time and eternity, whether you live in Africa or Apex, whether you live in Raleigh or, or wherever you live. Amen? Amen? That's what I love about the Lord. That's what I love about the Lord. That's what I love about Jesus. Well, Pastor Rodney, how do I preach to the Muslim people? Same way you preach to the Mormons. Same way you preach to anybody. Gospel's for every man. You don't have to change it and tweak it, make it specific. Preach the gospel. You see? Peter and John, they said, silver and gold have I none. And he took the man, did you know this? By his right hand. Took him by his right hand. He took him by his right hand. And notice, I find it interesting, that he didn't, Peter didn't smack the man on his forehead. He didn't go, be healed, oh. Oh, be healed, my brother, be healed. Ah. I didn't do that. Where do we get this stuff from? Somebody help me. Be healed. Come out of there, Damon. None of that happened. It was real simple. He didn't make a big show out of it. There was lights and camera and action and none of that stuff. He just took the man by his right hand and he raised him up. Real simply, and listen, don't try to formalize and try to, you know, figure out how Peter did it because, you know, I got to heal like Peter did. Well, how did Peter do it? Well, let's see. He looked at the man, okay? I better look at the man. Look, look at the Okay? And what did he do then? Then, he's, then he grabbed him by his right hand. Okay, give me your hand. Not the left one. Give me the right one. Give me the, the other right. Give me that right hand. All right. And they go and they, they establish the, you know, a, you know a, a healing right hand ministries or something. You know what I mean? So you don't need to go through all that. Jesus heals different people in different ways. Oh, we know that from the scripture. In Mark chapter 7, Jesus healed a deaf man by putting his fingers in his ears. He spit on the ground. He touched his tongue and said, be open. And the man could hear. You know, sometimes Jesus would touch a person and they were healed. Sometime, watch this, people would touch him and they were healed. Remember the woman who touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. Other times, Jesus wasn't even around the person who was sick. He said to the centurion, go and your servant is healed. Man, that's long distance healing. <laughs> Amen. You know, another time Jesus touched a man and said, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. Jesus touched them again. He could see completely. And then one time Jesus said to the lepers, you're healed. And as they went, they were healed. And then one of my favorite times is when Jesus spit in the dirt. He made clay. He plopped it in the man's eyes and told the man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, that man was probably like, Jesus, you know, you know made some clay and popped it in. The man, Jesus said, go wash. The man was like, I'll be happy to. Thank you. <laughs> And you know, as the thing is that, you know, I don't see a lot of these guys. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you. I, I, I do not see a lot of these guys, these television evangelists, you know, healing people like that. You know, they, they go to the Bible and try to methodize and formalize and systematize very, you know, healings and things like that. But I don't see any of them saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to heal some folks today. Go out to a big field of dirt. And, and, and you know, oh, you need healing? Follow me. We're going 
You don't see that happening, do you? You don't. Jesus healed many people different ways, and now he's doing it through the apostles. Peter said, rise up and walk, and immediately his feet, look in your Bibles, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Now keep in mind that Luke is writing the book of Acts, and Luke is a doctor. And as a doctor, in the Greek language, his feet and ankle bones received strength, they're medical terms, talking about the alignment of the bones. The idea is like the foot bone connected to the ankle bone, the ankle bone connected to the hip bone. That'd be weird. It's like, dude, you need healing. (laughs) That ain't working. (laughs) Let's go outside. (laughs) uh, Whatever. And so... (laughs) You know, it speaks of the joints. Here's the idea. It speaks of the joints and the bones coming into sockets. The ligaments that had never worked since he was born are formed and strengthened. The muscles that were atrophied and worn away and nerves are instantly put in place. No rehab. You know, the idea is like it's like snap, crackle, pop. I wonder if you read the white space, could they hear it? That'd be gross. It's like... I mean, that's kind of the idea there. And then this man, he did something that he had never done before. He stood up for the first time and leaping, jumping up and down, walking and praising God. I love that. Listen, saints, I just got to say quickly, don't forget to praise God. Don't forget to be thankful. How many times have God done something in your life and you forget to go back and thank him? You know, Elvira and I were up this morning. And we were praying and just, uh, as we normally do, gather on Sunday mornings and just pray and seek the Lord. And we both just began to thank God for, for just touching us. Thank God for healing us. Do you know the fact that you woke up this morning is a blessing from God? Amen. Did you take the time to thank him? When you wake up, look, it's God who keeps your heart beating at night. You don't do that. You're knocked out sleeping and snoring. <laughs> You're not keeping yourself alive. God is keeping you alive. God's keeping your mind working and keeping your body functions going. So in the morning when you wake up, the first thing you should say is, Father, thank you. Lord, I bless you today. Thanks for waking. Before you say hi to your wife or your husband, then just say, Lord, thank you. Don't forget to be people of praise and thanksgiving. That's what God is looking for, people of thanksgiving. This man, he was praising God. This man went from being carried to walking, from lameness to leaping, from begging to to praising. I love that. Now let's let me in my next last few minutes here. Let me just give you a few things about about miracles because you know I believe the Bible is very clear that miracles are true. Miracles are real and they actually do happen and I I believe that. Amen saints? And and, and yet I think we need to bring some balance to it. So let's let me give you a couple of three things as we close about miracles. If you're taking notes, number one, you want to notice that this was a true real miracle. It wasn't supposed. It was real. They saw this man day in and day out, and now they see him walking and praising God. This was a bona fide miracle. There are so many people, and unfortunately Christian theologians, who do not believe in miracles and who will do anything to explain away the miracles in the scriptures. You know, many of them say Jesus really didn't walk on water, that he was walking in a shallow part of water, and it only looked like he was walking on water. 
Well, that would mean, as the Bible says, that Peter walked on water and he was, began to sink. Well, what would that mean? That Peter fell down to his knees and hit his head or something? Of course, Jesus walked on water, just like the Bible said. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 with one little boy's lunch. They say it wasn't a miracle, that the little boy brought his lunch and everybody felt guilty, so they took out their lunch and began to share. Ridiculous. Or some say that Jesus and his disciples, get this, you're talking about ridiculous. They say that Jesus and his disciples had all the food stored in advance in a cave around Galilee. And as the multitudes came there, there were so many of them that they backed up to the cave and the disciples are feeding Jesus the loaves and fishes as Jesus is handing it out and it appeared to be miraculous. It's like, what, Jesus is standing in front of a black curtain and the disciples behind him? And Jesus is like, give me five more lunches. Give me five more lunches. All right, five more lunches. All right, ten more fellas, ten more fellas. And they're, and they're feeding them to Jesus and Jesus is feeding them to people. People will come up with all kinds of ridiculous things. And of course, the parting of the Red Sea, scholars deny the, the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. They say the area that Israel crossed was the area of the Reed Sea. And the water was only one and a half inch deep. Well, that's just stupid. And as a matter of fact, that would make this even more a miracle because that would mean that Pharaoh's army drowned in an inch and a half of water. <laughs> Idiots! This is nuts. I mean, listen, miracles are real in the Bible and miracles happen every day. Amen, saints? Because God is God. In the beginning, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God. Listen, if you can believe in the beginning, God, then what's your problem? Oy vey, what's your problem? In the beginning, God. Hey, if God is God, then God can do anything and God can do miracles. Number two, this miracle was unexpected unexpected. The man wasn't expecting a miracle and Peter and John wasn't expecting to perform a miracle. It was unexpected. Remember the man was expecting money. And there are people who will tell you that if you have the right quantity of faith and the right quality of faith, that you can be healed. Notice this man didn't have faith at all. And he was healed. He didn't have faith at all. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that God supernaturally heals, but I don't believe that God heals everyone. We know from Scripture, Timothy was sick and never healed, 1 Timothy 5.23. Paul was sick and never healed, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I think of a lady named Joni Erickson Tata, and she was paralyzed and never healed, and she was a great godly woman, and I heard a guy say that, that she, wasn't, she wasn't healed because, because, of her, because of her lack of faith. Isn't that an awful thing to say? She's, she's still in a wheelchair because she lacks faith. I say that she's in a wheelchair and she has more faith in her pinky than, than these, some of these guys have in their big heads because this woman, you tell me how much faith it takes to sit in that wheelchair faithfully and love God and serve God and bless God's people and write books and do videos for the glory of God in a wheelchair. Don't you understand? It takes more faith to remain unhealed than it does to be healed. God doesn't heal everyone. You know, I've got a back problem. I've been praying about my back for years, and y'all been praying for me too. Back still bother me. Back may continue to bother me. I may die with my back problems. But hey, look, death is the ultimate healing. Amen. If I die, I'm going to be healed. 
Isn't that right, y'all? If you, if you die, you're healed. I would call that a healing. <laughs> God does heal. God touches in ways that God chooses to heal. And it's easy to trust God when, when he heals you, but not so easy when he doesn't. And then our final point, this miracle cooperated with Peter's faith. I love that. You see, Peter had faith. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You know, it's easy to pray for someone who's sick, but to lift them out of the wheelchair, well, that either takes guts or faith. And for Peter, it was faith. We've talked about faith here at Calvary Chapel. There's all different kinds of faith. There's demon faith, the devil's belief. There's saving faith. The Bible teaches there's natural faith. And then the Bible also talks about there's the gift of faith. The gift of faith is supernatural faith that enables you to step out and do things that seem crazy to other people. This is the kind of faith that sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and accepts the impossible. This is the kind of faith, the gift of faith that, 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 that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that God wants you to do something. Well, that's the kind of faith that Peter had. I believe we're seeing supernatural faith here. The kind of faith that Peter had right now, he has to act because the authority is there in that moment. He had to act, and he said to the man, give me your right hand. Get up and walk. And the man got up and walked, leaping and praising God. And it is interesting, as I close, this man in the scriptures, you never see him for the next chapter and a half. You'll see this man two more times, and you never see him sitting down. Isn't that interesting? This guy probably said, look, I've been sitting down for 40 years. I ain't never going to sit down again. Would you like a chair, sir? Oh, no. I won't be needing that, thank you. Because I'm going to walk, I'm going to leap, and I'm going to praise God. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.